0: Yeah! What's up everybody? Welcome to episode 7 of the Talking Blue Note Talkie podcast here with Zach and Joe. Mr. Joseph, how's everything going? How we feeling?
1: What's going on? I'm feeling good. Uh, ready for a late night. I got my 5 hour energy ready. Uh, almost gonna need the coffee and you know a little bit of extra caffeine for this 9 o'clock start against the Seattle Kraken.
0: I hate 9 o'clock game starts, man. I really can't stand it. I don't get why the West Coast even exists sometimes. But, you know, the West Coast is the best coast, allegedly. I yeah, the
1: only <laughs> way to say
0: it. Yeah, dude. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of a, we'll do some NHL news and notes here. Then we'll get into our game preview. And then also we're going to be reviewing the game as well. We are doing this a little early. So we'll have, you know, we'll have a little preview and then we'll have our little uh, game review at the end of the episode. So let's just start with the NHL news and notes, some big headlines, a lot of injuries, man, a lot of walking wounded at this point in the NHL wanted to start with the Detroit Red Wings, Tyler Bertuzzi out four to six weeks with an upper body injury. Really? I just, I had in a note here, it's just like a kick in the nuts for Detroit. This is one of their heart and soul guys, one of their core leaders and to be out for four to six weeks is uh, a, to kick in the nuts.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> kick in the nuts. It's funny. Uh, he he was a big time player for them last year. Um, they they have all these like young studs that are like really popping off, and you know a lot of the former St. Louis Blues players that are popping off already uh, yep. in this early budding season. So like four to six weeks that that sucks. Um, but it may not be the end of the world. Like we we did say in order in our like you know on our Eastern Conference preview episode, um, in order for the Detroit to like really have any hopes of getting to the playoffs and everything that. They needed to get off to a hot start. Maybe this does have some effect in them getting off to the hot start. Um, but you know what? I think they have a lot more depth this year than they did last year. Um, they got, you know, a lot of their young guys have that full extra year of experience under their belt. Stevie Y and the are plan, they, they've been figuring it out. And, and I think they can get through this and, uh, you know, just work around this injury.
0: Yeah, well, there's another team that's going to have to find a little bit more. Colorado finds out today that Gabriel Landeskog underwent knee surgery. He's out for 12 weeks minimum, Um, which God knowing with all the fucking medical advances and science and all that stuff, whatever that is, medical science is what they call it, he might be back earlier than that. Like We don't know. He might go to the witch doctor like Toropchenko did and end up, playing in fucking no, he's, uh, November is
1: going to be out till December, man.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, come on.
1: You just played Saturday.
0: Now, like this isn't as effective to their lineup as, as like a Tyler Bertuzzi is. I don't think, I think more to what you said with, you know, with the eyes are playing Joe Sackick and everyone up there. I think they got this, this roster built pretty well in Colorado. I mean, coming off a Stanley cup, win, you know, you're going to have injuries with guys playing that long. So, and, Scott yeah, it's their captain. It's one of their again, even more of a heart and soul guy, uh, you know, talking about Bertuzzi before. But I mean, I don't see why Colorado can't get over this. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a blow to them. You're like, ah, oh, our captain's out for three months. It sucks.
1: Yeah. Uh, so like I don't think yeah, I don't think this is anything too too major. Twelve weeks puts it right around like Christmas or early January, somewhere in that time frame. Um we we know Colorado's gonna find a way to and I mean God forbid unless they have three other injuries to Mac McKinnon or uh, Kale McCarr or anything like that but like they're a team that's gonna make the playoffs anyway and the real time that you gotta worry about everybody being healthy is the playoffs like other than that it's like this team is just on a on a skateboard downhill just coasting into the playoffs.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So we'll see how that goes for him. Hopefully, Landy's all right. You know, we don't want to – even though they're in our division, we don't want to wish anybody, you know, ill will or, you know, ill health or anything like that. Speaking of ill health, man, Aaron Ekblad. This guy cannot get off the trainer's table, dude. This guy has been followed by injuries. Last year, it was a knee injury. Uh, he's had concussion problems before. Well, now he's out. He's on LTIR for it, – it's an unknown amount of time. I think from some of the radio shows I've heard – maybe 6 to 8 weeks, maybe longer. But what a again, it's an absolute kick in the pants to Florida who, you know, you get rid of Uyghur, and that's probably, you know, them playing together last year was a dynamic duo. And now you're losing your number 1 defenseman. You don't have a Uyghur to fall back on. You're going to be looking at a lot of Bobrovsky and a lot of Spencer Knight. You're going to have to get their best play now. Like it's it's that's an absolute no-brainer.
1: Yeah, I mean the guy just is. Uh, what can we say? A little bit injury prone, uh, you know. Our, our he's got our Matt Murray, Murray syndrome, Vladimir Tarasenko syndrome, or Robbie <laughs> Fabry syndrome, our, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully he's back sooner than later. Aaron Eckblad's an exciting player, former first overall. Uh, you know, uh, just been he killing was- it down in Florida, and, and and he does. He's one of those players that like really does affect your team, whatever in or yeah. out.
0: But. I was just going to say last year they were not affected. They rattled off some wins, but they also had a better roster last year. They had some backup, you know, they had Uyghur behind them. They still had Huberto. Um, and you know, they, they won a lot of games without them and they have played without them before. But I think this year they're looking to prove something with a, you know, I won't say a worse roster, but definitely a different looking roster. And this kind of puts, you know, a kink in your plans, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, hopefully they can figure it
0: out. I think they will. We'll see. Now, let's talk. It's overreaction season right now. We're only three games in and people are freaking out, Joe. I mean, you got the Leafs fans freaking out, you know, talking about their coach being on the hot seat. I think there is another coach on the hot seat right now in Vancouver. Vancouver has found a way to set the most negative record in the NHL possible right now. I mean besides if it keeps going keeps going. Vancouver has found a way to lose their last 4 games in a row after having a multi-goal lead. They had a 3-0 lead against Edmonton in their opener. They lost 5 to 3. They had a 2-0 lead against Philly. They lose 3 to 2. They had a 4 to 2 lead going into the 3rd the other night against Washington. They blow it and lose 6 to 4. So you're t- basically like in the latter half of the second period and the third period they're getting outscored what is that? Uh, like five, eight, like fourteen to nothing. That is bad, really bad. And then, just when we thought it couldn't get any worse, la- the other night they play against Columbus, or that well, was last night. They or Monday night, I don't fucking remember, but they go up two to nothing against Columbus. And I even texted you and my friend Chandler. I texted both of you guys. I was like, "The Canucks are up. What's going to happen next?" Wouldn't you know it? They blow it and they lose in overtime. And so, four yeah. straight games, it's an NHL record.
1: So, is, is this a team that, like, they just can't figure out to play how to play a full 60 minutes? Like, obviously, the production's there early on to have a 3-0 lead, a 2-0 lead, a 4-2 lead, a 2-0 lead. And then just, I guess, are they getting gassed out? Like, did, did they not condition enough over the offseason? Um, you, you, you said at the top of this Canucks talk, like, you know, the coach might be on the hot seat. I don't know. Like, I think... I think Brodeau has, um, as like a NHL veteran coach, um, he's got quite a bit more slack on this leash, quite a longer leash than most uh, most other NHL head coaches do. So, well, you know, I think we're a long, long ways away from that. But uh, that's not 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 the best start. Uh, four games into the season.
0: And going back to your thing about like what what the problem could be I mean really coaching at that point can you really fire that can you blame the coach I think that just comes down to the players not committing to a system not playing good defensively and their defense stinks I mean Tyler Myers and Quinn Hughes are about your only reliable defenseman and Tyler Myers is bipolar when it comes to being reliable and then other than that you don't really have many good defensemen and Demko, who I picked to win the Vesna, it's taken a shit on me already. I mean, that that pick is out the door already. Like, that, that's scrapped. Scrap it.
1: What What about Vesna for the first two periods? If
0: they have one of those? Let me know. We'll just call it the Vez. <laughs> it'll be half. It'll be <laughs> half the award. Yeah, if they have that, they'll hand it out to them. But I don't know. I, I agree with you, though. I, people are saying that Boudreaux's on the hot seat. I think it's way too early to be thinking about all that. Um.
1: Now, before we get, we, we have a suspension that we're going to talk about, but before we get to that really quick, I, I saw a post, and I I didn't save it. I probably should have, but um, it was just about, like, shocking starts to, as we're talking about the shocking start to the Canucks season. It was shocking starts to, like, a handful of other teams. Uh, I have the standings pulled up, so I'm just going to, like, rattle off a few teams about their shocking starts. Uh, let's start off with um, Tampa, for one. Uh, four games played, they're one and three right now. Um, not I, worried you know, and I, I wish not I worried.: there. Yeah, and I'm not worried about them either. Like, like I said, I think they are going to have a harder time in the regular season this year, um, but once they get to the playoffs, that's they, they've proved it for three years in a row, they're here to stay. Um, so yeah, I'm not too worried about them. Um,
0: Tampa, you got to remember they also lost McDonough from their blue line and Jan Ruda, who were big pieces. And I mean, they're playing new guys. You know, their Cal Foot is getting a lot of playing time, and you know, some rookies are getting some time too. So, I think it'll just come with time. They'll be fine.
1: The next team, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, three and O to start the season.
0: Want to hear something crazy? I mean, this is like shocking news. <laughs> Breaking news: John Tortorella smiled in post game interview. Nice after, after their win and who they beat, Tampa. They were down two to nothing. And came back and beat Tampa. Maybe, hey,
1: maybe this Tortorella plan is working out after all. Maybe those broad street bullies just need a bit of bullying themselves to get. I don't know
0: what it is, but maybe, maybe he whooped their ass so bad, like put them in like a cage, and they have like this like Stockholm syndrome, like battered wife, but like battered team syndrome, and they're like, okay, we'll play good. I swear to God, (laughs) we're fine. I'll of fold the close yeah. the right way. I promise. I think, and we both picked Philly to miss the playoffs. But hey, when you're getting off to starts like this, again, I'm not trying to overreact too much. But hey, three and zero is a decent start. We I'm talked about
1: it. Vancouver, oh three and one, and then uh, this one may not be too much of a shocker, but uh, we'll, we'll see what you got to say, San Jose. Oh, Not shocked. Five.
0: Not oh, shocked.
1: Five.
0: What? <laughs> you also did. You were right already. Like, I mean, you're, we'll find out at the end of the season. But you picked the Sharks to be the worst team in the Pacific and one of the worst teams in the league. So, props to you. Shout out to Joe for calling that one right. And and one more,
1: a team that shouldn't be so bad uh, on the west side of things, uh, Minnesota. It's three games, so it's zero three.
0: Bro, twenty. 20 goals given up in 3 games is really bad. And this is essentially the same team.
1: Did Mark Andre and he played all 3 of these yeah, games? I
0: don't know, not all 3, but he's played at yeah. least 2.
1: Yeah, and that's not a good. little little scary for for the uh superstar goaltender there. Um so. all right, and then we can move on to the next thing now. But yeah, I just thought that was like a little interesting tidbit to talk about. Um so we have a uh, the first sussy of the year, uh, Washington Capitals forward Evgeny Kuznetsov suspended for one game off after this just, like, vicious, like, baseball swing, swing slash to Vancouver Canucks defenseman Kyle Burroughs.
0: Dude, I, I, how he only got one game out of this play is ridiculous. You guys need to go on YouTube Or go on your Instagram feed or your Twitter feed, and you define this play. He whacks Kyle Burrow's like deliberately, whacks him in the face. It kind of reminds me. I don't know if you'll remember. I don't know if you were watching too much back then, Joe. But in 2015, when the Kings and the Hawks were playing each other in the Conference Finals, Duncan Keith uh, got his glove whacked off. Whacked! Jesus Christ! His glove. His glove. About
1: his finger. When he whacked.
0: When he whacked, No, when he whacked Carter in the face. Oh, okay. Oh, he who took his stick of? and Mark Mathot is who you're thinking of, and Crosby okay. chopped his pinky off. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So Duncan Keith gets his glove knocked off, and Carter knocks it away, and then he just takes his stick and just straight whacks Carter right in the mouth, knocks his teeth out, and he got suspended. I think it was one or two games, but Kuznetsov is already a repeat offender. He got suspended for, I think it was for uh, his cocaine video like the cocaine use. I oh, think it was yeah. him and Samsonov and someone else. Uh so I don't know how he got away with this. You have this guy that's a 3 game suspension minimum to me. That's yeah. that's intent to injure. That's probably 5 if I'm being honest.
1: And and you know, I don't know if necessarily maybe they're looking at it as like oh he wasn't aiming for his face, but the way he was Yes, he uh, was. Burroughs was bent over. I I guess he, yes. he was. I will say he was bent over. You know, quite a bit. Like he wasn't just standing up straight. Like it, his his face was almost level with like his like upper like belly button area. But regardless, like yeah, you're swinging this stick viciously, and you know it, it was just bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You got you cannot do that. I don't know what happened for him to snap like that. It didn't look like it was that bad of a play. I don't know if Kuzi maybe didn't, you know, maybe he did a few too many lines of Schneef in the locker room, you know, between periods or something like that, but just a, an absolutely garbage play. Should have been a three to five game suspension. I'm saying five, but lucky for him, he only gets one. Um, now you had a little bit of note in here about a, a guy, a rookie in the NHL playing for the Canadians who has a new nickname, and it's pretty funny.
1: So, yeah, I and I think this was talked about on – Chicklets. I don't really remember exactly where I heard it, but this was really funny. Um, so a reporter, uh, I think he's like a, Eric.
0: Eric Engels, yeah.
1: Eric Engels, yeah. Is he, he anyway? He he works with the Canucks. He um he was Canadians. talking to. Did I say Canucks? Yeah, Canadians. <laughs> he was talking to uh the rookie Arbor. His name is pronounced Jack Eye, but it's let me spell this out for you: X H E k-a-j uh he was talking to him and he basically said uh you need to come up with a more creative nickname for slaff and he says working on it he says what's yours x says yeah and some guys call me wi-fi he goes wi-fi what (laughs) you know like a wi-fi password it's looks really crazy like a bunch of jumbled up letters kind of like how my last name is and you go that is that is creative I thought that That's was the most creative
0: nickname ever. If you yeah, ask me, super
1: creative. It's X H E K A J. It's like when you're trying to tell one of your buddies that comes over to you, I say, "Hey, what's the Wi-Fi password?" And you're like, cxwyv X W Y V two 9 It's like, is there? Did I see a number in there Dude, somewhere?
0: Just sc- just take a picture and let me read it <laughs> off. It's like at that point, Jesus Christ, I'm changing my Wi-Fi password to to, to Jack Eye's name. To Jack Eye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, though. That's great. Doug Armstrong went on the Jeff Merrick pod or the Jeff Merrick show. It's a podcast, and basically, Armstrong was kind of just giving a breakdown of like how the season's going to go, how the summer went, and all that. And there were some pretty interesting notes that were taken out of there. I mean, it's pretty. They're pretty buttoned up, GMs are, as far as, like, answering questions like this. You know, they don't want to release a ton of information about, you know, to the public about what goes on in the summertime and how they're negotiating and stuff like that. But um, first thing is they talked about Toropchenko, who we are more than a pro Toropchenko podcast here. I mean, this is becoming our favorite player. We've talked about it basically said that he's been providing the fourth line with the exact identity that the blues need on that line with Achari and Walker says that he's the perfect compliment to him. And he said, it's going to make it's he's becoming a fan favorite is basically what he was saying. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree with him more.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really get to listen to this podcast. I know you were kind of talking about it, I think yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, Torbchenko on that fourth line. We're only one game in, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully he gets a little more ice time than what the fourth line's really going to bring him. But then, you know, who are you going to take out of that top nine?
0: Yeah, that's a tough decision on who you're going to take out to give him more time. But still, I mean, the guy is just an absolute electric factory. Love him. Let's roll. Uh, next thing that he yeah. talked about was Jake Neighbors. Uh, basically saying, you know, he's saying all the right things about Neighbors. We have no idea what's going to happen. But Jake Neighbors has looked great so far in one game, but he looked good in the preseason as well. But basically said him playing with Shen and uh Barbashev, like he's he's making it easier for them to make the plays that they want to make, and saying that he makes he can make any line like that. So say that the Thomas Tarasenko and Buchnevich line doesn't, you know, they're not going so well, I think you can move him up there pretty easily, and he'd probably fit in pretty well. And same with, you know, playing with Ryan O'Reilly on the second line and anything like that, the quote-unquote second line. But, yeah, I mean, neighbors, it sounds like he's going to get every opportunity, according to Armstrong. He's going to get every single opportunity to make the plays and to show off – basically just show off his skills and show that he does belong here. I think he does stay. I don't know what you think, but
1: so I got my weekly update from uh, Chris Kerber this morning on the radio. And he was asked that question, like uh, Jake neighbors had a great goal the other night. Well, what what's his you know future for the rest of the season look like? And Chris Kerber sounded pretty damn adamant that this kid has made the team. And it's, and it's no question of that nine game tryout anymore. He's made the team. He's here to stay. Um, you know, if if it comes a time where he needs to go down to the AHL just for a stint, it won't be for too long. You know he he's he's ready. He is NHL ready.
0: I agree. I think he should stay. I mean, it's one game. I know that, but he showed a lot in the preseason. He showed a lot in the game. I think he'll play well tonight too. I think it's another. Again, I'm not calling any opponent the Blues play a cupcake opponent, but sort of this is a chance for him to showcase his abilities because Seattle has got a lot of holes in them and we'll get to that in our preview. But uh, I think Jake neighbors is here to stay. I think he's a top nine guy. I think he's a top six guy. If you ask me, we kind of both said that. So I don't know. Um, And then he kind of went into, they kind of got a little bit more relaxed after that point of the conversation. They were talking about Bennington and they were making a joke about Jeff Merrick asked Armstrong, when is Bennington going to get his one fight? Because he's been asking for one since he got into the NHL. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I probably wouldn't want him fighting. And Armstrong feels the same. He basically said he doesn't have exactly have the body of a prize fighter, and we have other guys that can take care of that for him. <laughs> and just uh, I, I would love to see Bennington get in a fight. That would be great. But I think he'd get dummied by just about anybody. He's a pretty frail guy
1: yeah he's he's tall and lanky but um we'll see uh maybe we'll see what happens when uh we get our first game against Calgary and uh N- Nazem Kadri's up there oh boy around again. Wa- throw a water bottle at him see what happens
0: hopefully the saga continues and then another funny thing he was like he's like he goes Bennington's basically more bark than bite he's kind of like a uh, chihuahua so that, like, like I, I do get that. You do, you know, but he's got guys, big, I think. Big talk. A big talk for sure. Um, and then the last thing that they talked about is kind of the, the most serious thing, probably the reason he came on. The, because the big story is, are they going to re-sign Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly? I mean, obviously, we're, we're probably not going to be able to sign both. But his answer was basically, we helped to find a way to keep both, but with a stagnant cap. Uh, you hope to make the right decisions and trust your young group of players that are coming up to be able to fill those spots. To me, it, we haven't really, we don't really have an answer still. We, and I don't think we're going to have an answer till next summer, kind of like we said on the uh, preview podcast.
1: Now, this one's so far up in the air. I mean, everybody's like, I think they're talking with undertones when they talk about like, oh, uh, you know, well, we really hope we can figure out a way to keep both these guys. Well, I think Almost everybody and their freaking brother knows Tarasenko will not be with this team next year. Like, I, that's almost that's almost a guarantee. I'm almost ready to give it the talking blue notes guarantee, but not quite yet. I mean, he, he does seem happy. He loves playing with these Russians. Like, that, that has never officially 1,000% been confirmed, but it's like 999% damn sure that he said the I want to be traded thing. But even then, that was before, like, he had that great season last year. That was right after the – the that was following, like, those all those surgeries that he had to have and before he could really uh. get back out on the ice and prove himself. So, um, Ryan O'Reilly on the other hand, yeah, like, that's that's a big question mark that's going to be asked all season. We talked about this in our Blues preview, like, all season long. This is just going to be a question that's going to repeatedly be asked and – uh. W- we're really, we're just going to have to sit back and wait and see.
0: Yep. When July 1st comes, one of them will be here and one of them won't. And Again, hopefully, we have
1: Hopefully, at least one of them will be
0: here. Yeah, I hope at least half of those guys are coming back. So, yeah, that's basically what happened at that interview. Let's jump in to tonight's game, do a little preview, and then we'll get into our game review later on. So, the Blues are going in. Obviously, we've only played one game. We're 1-0, undefeated. Playing against the uh, Seattle Kraken in Seattle at nine o'clock tonight Central Time. Uh, Kraken are one two and one. Now Seattle's going to be playing their fifth game already. <laughs> like what the fuck? Are, what, who do you ha- who's not to get graphic, but who do you got to <laughs> suck off to get a decent <laughs> schedule around here? Like this is ridiculous. So they're they're on their fifth game. We're
1: playing our second game. Uh, they're coming off that five one to loss from Carolina on Monday night. Uh, they got I mean, pounded. Yeah, they got pounded. Mean, is that really like that big of a shocker to you? Like, that's, no, that's um, Carolina's a a studded team and Seattle's like you know you would say a rebuild for any other team, but they're just on their initial build right now. So like, I don't think finding that's finding their too way, shocking. Joe. Um, yeah, finding their way and and not too terrible. Like it's a little bit better of a start than you know what I maybe would have thought. Oh and five like the Sharks, but um, true. This, though, even though we played uh, Seattle three times last year, this will be Jaden Schwartz's first game against his former team, the St. Louis Blues. Um, He missed all three matchups against us last season due to injury. Uh, He only played 37 games in total. Yeah, another guy that's uh, injury-prone. But, you know, I love Schwartzy, man. I I really miss him. He was my favorite player. Uh, Someday I'll have to, like, take a picture and – show up I have like a little Schwartz shrine down in my blues man cave I got a couple signed jerseys a few signed pucks and a nice picture but um yeah Schwartz Schwartz was one of my favorite players for a long time like um the injuries kind of like made him fall out of the spotlight for me but this is going to be really cool for him to play against his former team and team that he won his first Stanley Cup with
0: might be a good game to mark on the calendars when Seattle comes here because they're going to do a video tribute for sure. Oh it, yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, so I mean, mark that on your calendars and get there. Now you had not here that I didn't even realize this until you put the note in here. Colton Pareko playing in his 500th game.
1: 500th game. This was uh, something. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice this either until uh, my my weekly uh uh
0: it's Kerber update, huh?
1: Kerber update. Yeah. 500th game tonight um he is the seventh blues defenseman to get to that 500 game played mark uh 21st blues player overall um seven defensemen that or the six before him that have gotten to that mark are uh jackman he has 803 we talked about that in our um one of our first episodes jacks 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 uh petrangelo bob plager barkley was right behind him i think he only has like three games played less than bob uh, and then uh, Al McKinness, the chopper, and Chris Pronger.
0: Pretty good names. Pretty good company.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's games played, so I mean, you're not really talking about Pareko. I don't know uh, if his uh, game playing, you know, abilities and everything are all that of like a Petrangelo or a Pronger or anything not yet. Not. Uh, he, I not. think he's. And, and real quick, like, I think he's like a. Weird timeline player on as far as like his development, because like this is his 500th game already, but it seems like he's like in development wise. This is only like his 250th game to me. Like I feel like he's a player that is still kind of developing. Like yeah, I don't know quite. if that's a good or
0: a bad thing, Joe.
1: Right, <laughs> and I agree. Like like I feel like he's not quite at the top of his potential because we know he has the potential. Like he can rip the puck so fast. He's huge. He can hit bodies so hard. Like. I I just feel like there's more there that we're not quite getting. He's a good player. He's just not a great player.
0: I think the best part about his game is the range. Like when a puck is going down in the zone, like if you're going to try and outskate him, good luck. Cause his strides are fucking 12 feet long. Like he's like, he just covers so much ice. It's kind of like Bomeister was Bomeister wasn't fast, but he was always in the right spot. And his stride was so long and his reach was so long. It was just hard to get around him or get the puck from him. And Back to what you were saying, like, I don't know if it's good or bad that we think that, like, he's still developing because I think he's 28, 29 years old now. Like, he he should be where he's supposed to be for the rest of his career. And I really hope that's, I love Colton Pareco, but I really, there's more in there. There's more there that he's not giving.
1: And, and if we ever see it, I mean, that's that's up for the that's take. scary. We see, we see it in flashes, but never as like a, a permanent
0: thing. That 2016 playoff when we played against like Chicago, Dallas, and dude, he was a force. He was an absolute force.
1: Like that I said, whole year. Before, that that was the year that I thought we should have won the cup. Yeah, luckily. Hundred percent. Years later. Um, yeah. Now going into the tonight's game, we we heard and and by the end of this episode, we'll know for sure. But um, Buchnevich's game time decision, I don't really know what happened. I just know he wasn't on the ice for practice this morning. Um, but Josh Levo. Is possibly um, a possible replacement for Buchnevich or uh, there's talks of him becoming a. Uh, they're they're doing seven D man, possibly. So I mean, we'll see. Um,
0: so who if we hours. did the seven if we did the seven D, who are you bringing in? Cali Rosen, I guess. Collie uh, Rosen has to. Be.
1: I think he's the only guy on our roster right now. I, I haven't heard of them call anybody up. Is is there? Do we have eight d-, d man on the roster? No, I think it's only seven the
0: only other defenseman on the roster would have been Perunovic, which he's we know he's not playing unless he went to Toropchenko's doctor and got healed. probably <laughs> <Right>. not
1: <laughs> a little magic wand, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's if they're gonna go seven d man, it has to be uh Callie Rosen.
0: I think they should just let Levo get that game in. just yeah, bring him I, I,
1: in. I, and and with as good as a preseason that he had, you know, everybody's talked such good things about him like they could definitely get that in, get, get his first game in
0: hundred percent. And uh, we'll be going. So Bennington's going to be starting tonight. Which is, I mean, that's par for the course. He's probably going to start 60, 75% of the games this year.
1: Right. And, and, but like, it is like, okay, if, if, and it's only the second game of the year. So I guess that's part of it. But like, this is a team that like, I wouldn't mind having the backup in net. Like, you know, we got, at some point we got to throw, uh, Thomas Grice in, in net and, this is a team that I think he could easily handle.
0: I agree with that, but on the you know the opposite side of that argument, you could say like we're behind every team right now and we need points. So maybe I don't know. I I agree. I mean, it be,
1: I, with it being the second game of this year, I mean, yeah, you got to get Bennington his reps in, and then and then
0: we'll start. Yeah, he needs he needs touches, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, he had a decent game against Columbus, so we'll see if we can pull that off again.
1: And and. There is um, a point, like, I know, af- I think it's after Saturday's game uh, coming up. Then we're going to have, like, six games in a span of 10 days. So that, that's where we're going to start making up some ground. And, yeah, I'm sure there's there has to be a couple back to backs in there. So, yeah, I guess time to get a start there.
0: Yeah. And we'll be going against Martin Jones tonight. We know our history against Martin Jones uh, pretty good as far as, like, you know, that San Jose series went. You know, we kind of lit him up that series. So hopefully we can keep that going. Seattle is just like a, again, like I, we're not trashing Seattle at all. Like they're doing it the right way. They're building from the ground up. I think they're going to end up sh- sending Shane Wright back to juniors. I'd, really? I'd have to assume. I, I think so. Cause he's not playing at all. Like okay. why, why waste the kids? I haven't really
1: paid attention to Seattle at all yet well, this season, but
0: either are people in Seattle. So that's a shocker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like it's just a team that's they're in they're in a weird spot. They're building, you know. They're gonna take their L's. They're trying to get draft picks. They're trying to acquire, you know, uh, assets for the future. I don't expect anything less than five to six spot on them tonight. I really don't. I think Columbus is a better team than uh, than Seattle, if you ask me. Like, but they're better built.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But. I have I have no reason to think that we can't put up five or six on them. And Bennington has a good game. This this should be an easy W. And I hate saying that because the parity in the league is so good now. Like even the bottom feeder teams are good. We saw that with Arizona the other night, being Toronto for God's sake. But like should be an easy W for the Blues tonight. They should just go in, get their two points, get out, and get ready to come back or get ready to go to Edmonton on Saturday.
1: There's one we had slated as an easy dub tonight, and uh, you know I'm I'm predicting a five to one victory with Jaden Schwartz getting the only goal. And 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 if that's oh the case, I'd be happier than ever.
0: <laughs> it should be an easy W. We should get in, get out, get the two points, get ready for Edmonton. We should be fine because that matchup on Saturday is going to be a doozy. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be fun to watch. But let's go ahead and go enjoy the game. We'll come right back with our game review. Oh man, a late ending, but that's a winner, baby. That's a winner. Shout out to the blues. Game over.
1: Game over. Uh we had a we knew we were gonna be staying up late for this uh nine o'clock start. And boy, did they just want to make us stay up a little bit later by going into overtime.
0: I'm all right for staying up if it's a two-point, if it's a two-point uh ending there. So I'm okay with that. Um, we're going to do a quick rundown of this game here. And um, uh, I mean, dude, let, let's just kind of go over like the, the overlay of the game. First of all, like just, I mean, the boys come out buzzing, absolutely flying. And uh, I mean, this is a story. This is basically two different games in, in one, essentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like both teams had their fair share of momentum it, it you know it was just kind of back and forth definitely with us early the second period was kind of just that that back and forth switch between both teams and then going into the third period I, I'd say uh say the Kraken I almost said Mariners <laughs> Seattle Kraken uh just really took over momentum in that third period
0: yeah man and I mean the first period was was awesome I mean they get a power play I like, really early in the game. And uh, even though they don't score on it, really good passing. The boys were zipping the puck around, just really moving it. And, I mean, that's a good start. I mean, we our power play looked pretty good the other night, too. So, you know, not bad for the boys to start there. And then uh, right after that, you know, we have the Barbashev hit on Shane Wright. Welcome to the NHL moment. Sit the fuck down. You know, has his parents in, in attendance, and he just gets ran into the third row. An absolute just... Destructive hit.
1: Yeah, Barbashev just really ran him straight into the boards. Nice clean hit, shoulder to shoulder. Uh I, I don't think the young kid was expecting it at all because he just went down like a sack of potatoes.
0: Yeah, and then Donato responded right after, goes right after Barbashev. Nothing really came of it. Two minutes each for roughing. And I think actually, no, they got an extra minor on that one. Because we got a power play right after that. S- sent us back to the power play. Um
1: yeah, Donato, I mean, good for him to stick up for the teammate, but, I mean, that, that, that's just the new NHL yep. anymore. Like, on a, on a clean hit, you know, you're, you're going to have a guy, no matter how clean or dirty it was, somebody's pretty much always got to stand up
0: after a big hit like that. Yeah, and even though they don't score on the power play, I mean, essentially right after seven seconds after the power play is over, Kyru capitalizes, eh, I mean, good shot, but a leaky goal that Martin Jones can't give up. It's vintage Martin Jones.
1: Was it 7 seconds? It seemed like it was like right after dude came out of the box and
0: 7 I I think I will I'm just going off the broadcast. I think it was like 7 yeah. seconds or something like okay. that. I'd never I'd never pay attention to the clock. Re- I can't even pay attention to anything. Regardless, Seattle was
1: not fully set up, you know, to to be, you know, five men defending on that goal. It still still seemed like a Blues power play to me.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it was all set up by Letty. Letty made a great pass before that, I, had, you know, that you wrote, you had that written down.
1: Yeah, he was at the, um, you know, the left side of the point, uh, passed it down over to Cairo, and then uh, Kairou kind of fiddled it around up to Pareko, back down to Kairou, and he was, you know, at the dot, had a little bit of time to walk it in. It looked like he was going to shoot it over to that left side um, yep. of the net, but then just kind of like, I don't know, he was probably go- honestly going for a deflection but just sent it over to the right side of the net, and it just found its way in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right after that, though, the Kraken, I mean, they they pushed back immediately, and they had us hemmed in our zone for quite some time. I, dude, Mikola and Bortuzzo had a really rough game tonight. They did not look like they were ready. to. They, they didn't look ready from the jump. And I think they were – I mean, you can't blame two guys, but they really did not look good. Like I mean, they could not break they couldn't break out. They couldn't get the puck to each other. They couldn't I mean, they couldn't fight. they couldn't break out of a wet paper bag at some point they, in this game.
1: they looked like they just like the the puck couldn't get two inches away from their skates anytime they really were supposed to have possession of it. Like they was just bobbling it around on their skates most of the time and you know, couldn't really get it out extended from their body to move it away from them.
0: Yeah, fumble fucking the puck around and it kind of bites him in the ass. But Bennington, of course, bails him out with a big save on Beniers, right at the side of the net. Just a sick glove save on him.
1: Yeah, Beniers, uh he really impressed me tonight. You know, uh, they were they kept they were really sucking him off on the broadcast, but uh, they kept bringing up like his odds to win the Calder this year. And hey, that made me want to put a couple dollars on him.
0: I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he's, and you kind of texted me during the game. This kid's shot is unreal, man.
1: Yeah. That, and, and, and like, I, I sent that on, like, a shot that he, he missed the net on. But it was just like, you know, he's skating up full speed up the up the ice and just ripped it, and it missed the net, went to the boards. But it just, that thud it made when it hit the boards, it's like, was that a Colton Perego slap shot? It was so loud.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's got, like, a Tarasenko type of shot, a quick release. You know, you don't really see it, so you got to keep your eye on it. Um, One thing I wanted to note about the TNT broadcasts, I'm not a fan of these. Like they have a lot going on in their broadcast. Like while the game's going on, they got another screen. Like at one point they were playing an interview with Jordan Eberly, like between like during a commercial break. And I mean, I get it. You want to showcase personalities and stuff, but dude, leave that for like the intermission. Don't do that and like interrupt the game and all that. You know what I mean?
1: Right, and a and a positive and negative with that. Like uh so as we mentioned earlier, our boy Sh- our boy Schwartzy, first game against his old team, the blues, and um they had him mic'd up tonight, which was really cool, you know. Like I loved seeing these little look ins about what he's saying, uh, on the ice and on the bench and stuff, but you know, then they're continuing playing some of these just uh, not not the like it's like they're just trying to find content that didn't really need to be found. And it's going as the pucks drop in 10 seconds into the play. It's like, okay, you know, you could have stopped it two or three clips ago.
0: Yeah, but we had the all-star lineup for, uh, for the game tonight. We had Brendan Burke, who used to be the Islanders guy, or he might still be. I don't know if he is or not. Uh, but Darren Pang was also the color guy. So, I mean, can't beat that. You know, we still get our boy Darren Pang. He's out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think any time that uh, he gets a chance to do a TNT broadcast that the that the boys are going to be playing on. Of course, he'll take the reins, and um, you know he's already traveling with the team. Might as well.
0: Yep. So Will Borgan, uh, yeah, ever heard of him? Me either. Uh, scores, and he's actually taken from Buffalo in the uh, expansion draft. I did not know that until tonight. I was today years old when I figured that out. Uh, but he scores to tie it up. Um, I won't. Call, not really a bad pass by pareco but just a ill-advised pass going up the middle just kind of throws it and picked off and that interception leads to the goal so I mean whatever Uh Pareko had himself a decent game I mean I didn't see anything bad that he did but uh that pass can't happen just know you can't make ill-advised passes going up the middle of the ice when you're trying to break out
1: yeah and I mean you you can't really like so yeah it got it got turned over and then like you know there wasn't really much of like a play developing that well but like it just kind of the blues couldn't get the puck and it just was bouncing all over the place. It it went around behind the net, came back in front, and then uh was it I think it was uh Letty was standing right in front of him when uh when Borgan received the pass or you know, just got the puck and then Letty was standing in between him and Benner and just screened Ben Bennington. So you can't really blame him on that one.
0: Yeah, but uh real short lived. I mean we uh we get a goal right after Braden Shin. Not even I what was it less than two minutes, like a minute and forty something seconds right after scores in the blues go back up two to one. So a decent goal. And it's just it's I mean it's classic Shin. He's in front of the net, he's batting away at the puck and somehow gets it there. So not a bad play by by the boys to go right back up two to one. And then I mean, we try to keep celebrating for Shen's goal, and 17 seconds later, uh, we get another goal.
1: Yeah, last game was uh, two goals for us in 20 seconds. This game, uh, we're, we're taking three seconds off that span. Uh, two goals, 17 seconds. Uh, and um, Shen, Shen was a part of that play, too. Got the pass over to
0: Falk, and Falk ripped it in there. Falk is nasty. He is, it, it, that, like that backhand move, that, he's done that a couple times. Where he walks in and then goes to the backhand. I mean, what? Just a nasty move. I did not know he was tied for the league lead in goals by defenseman last year. Really? He's tied with McCarr and Hedman. Look at these little nuggets that you're just pulling out. I know. What, what, thank what a, you, what a t- nugget. Thank you, TNT. Thank you so much. So like, yeah, like I would have known that. <laughs> and then, uh, so three goals basically in that in, in the first period. There was three goals in uh, a minute seventeen. So kind of, or not bumper car, just kind of like roller coaster. I'm just on a roller coaster of emotions at you know points like we always are. Um, Late in the period, though, Seattle really good chances. That's where the momentum really started to swing, and they carried it over in the second. They hemmed us in at the end of the first, and luckily Bennington was bailing us out. But we just could again, we just could not clear the puck. We could not get anything going. But, uh, see, so yeah, and then we push back at the late, later part of the first and, uh, get a power play. But, spoiler alert, nothing came of it anyway.
1: Yeah, not really a big deal there. Um, I, I think it was, you know, just another solid power play, but just couldn't really get anything for sure going. Um, we ended the period though. Uh, shots were 12 to 10. Um, Oh yeah, part of part of that uh, power play though. You had a little note in here, uh, Yanni Gord, um, t- and this was like a little play in the corner, and the crowd just started going nuts. And I think this was like the start of their momentum starting to change. Was uh, Yanni Gord just he lost his stick and was just with his skates holding the puck down there for a solid ten plus seconds, and uh, the crowd was just going nuts
0: there. But yeah, how does the bet? How is the best penalty killer on the ice a guy without a stick? Weird beats me, man. Uh,
1: yeah, like I said, shots ended uh, 12 10 in favor of the Blues for that period. Um, going into the second period, we were up three to one to start. Um, about three minutes into the period, Schwartz had a good chance, uh, received a pass right in front of Benner, and uh,
0: yeah, he's right in the slot. And just Bennington made a solid save. It's kind of the story of the period because they were they were again, they hemmed us in like we were on our heels the entire second period, pretty much. Pretty much up until the end of this game. Uh Benner with that save on Susie was just, uh, that was an unreal save. A one-timer cross-ice pass and somehow gets it with his toe. I, I mean, a cl- another classic Benner, Bennington save. I thought he got it with the glove at first. It's even more impressive. He got it with like that much of his toe. I mean, that that was going in for sure. Call the cops. It was just a 10-bell robbery call a fucking cop, dude. He robbed (laughs) him. I mean, I I was like, oh, that's a goal. And then I was like, oh, my God, how is that not? Um, And then right after that, going down to the other end of the ice, Martin
1: Jones robs sad, you know, with that crazy, like, windmill save. Like, we... I thought originally, you know, he saved it with his legs as he was, you know, doing that old fashioned windmill save legs yeah. above the head. But uh, it ended up going right off of his like shoulder as his shoulders was on the ground. But uh, nonetheless, just like two exciting
0: saves pretty much back to back. Yeah, straight up tendy battle. And then right after that was the Donato breakaway, which th- this was a problem, by the way, all game. Especially in the second period. The odd man rushes and the breakaways were they probably could have had four breakaways, but somehow they, you know, they'd muff a pass or something like that. But coverage was just blown all over the place. And Donato gets a breakaway, denied originally, but then just keeps jamming away at it and pokes one past Bennington. So it's three or two at that point. I mean, what can you do? He made a great save on the breakaway. Just he thought he had it covered, and the puck just squirts loose and he pokes it in. Yeah,
1: his skate wasn't quite all the way up against the post, and that puck was just sitting there right in between Donato. You know, tried once on the initial breakaway, and then, you know, was kind of laying on his stomach and got up to his knee. Tried again, missed, and then that third time was a charm, and it ended up in the back of the net.
0: Yeah, and I—I uh, I mean, I already—I kind of already went over it, but I just had a note in here like the defensive breakdowns were so bad, like midway through the fir- or midway through the second. And pretty much from then on, up until overtime at this point, but I mean, they got to clean that up because I mean, if they do that against Colorado, they do it against any team that's not a bottom feeder and guys that can finish, they're going to be in trouble. So they they really need to clean that up. Yeah, and then there was just you know a lot of action going
1: on uh, for that first part of the period, and then uh, TNT decided to throw a lot of commercials at us at once, and I just had to throw a note in there like man
0: these late games fucking suck (laughs) when you're you're watching a weekday late game it's like you're it's like nyquil once like the second period hits you're just like oh god dude like once like midway through the game you're like holy fuck i could be asleep right now but
1: no i'm dedicated
0: to the craft boy
1: i had to get up get a snack my uh my my eyes, I, I will say during one of the commercial breaks, my eyes were really heavy there for a minute. I had to get up, get a snack. I put a I put a story on uh my Instagram just, you know, pointing at the time of the clock and, and I'm like, it's ten forty and this game is only halfway over. Shoot me
0: now. Yeah. Well at least the late game on Saturday, it's a Saturday. So like you can actually like stay up late and not feel bad about it. Uh but then at the end of the second, Larson scores Um, on a weird play, not really a weird play, but it's a shot from the point and Krug deflects it in. It's probably his first deflection goal since he played midget. I mean, he's probably been playing defense that entire time. So when's the last time he got a deflection goal, but deflects it into the wrong net. I mean, uh, uh, what are you going to do? He's trying to make a play.
1: I, I get that, but like I feel like I I never even really played like organized hockey, and I I, I even know that that's just something you shouldn't do. You shouldn't try and on oh, no, and it wasn't even like that hard of a shot. It was just like a weak shot that Bennington easily had. You saw him like slowly slide over to get in position to stop that shot, and Krug was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take this easy, slow puck and make a play out of it." and no, just deflected off of him and went the opposite way that Bennington was sliding.
0: Yeah, Krug was pissed, broke his stick over the net right afterwards, and Bennington looked like he was like, "What in the hell are you doing,
1: man?" Like, yeah, and and, and Krug knew it too. He knew he knew yeah. it right away. He's like, "Ah, that's a
0: play I shouldn't make. That's on me. My bad." Yeah. Then at the end of the second period, Barube kind of shakes things up with the way. I mean, what do you You got to do something to change things up. So he puts Senko, Cairo and Robert Thomas together at the end of the second, not really much there. They didn't really do anything. Cause it was, I think there was 20 something seconds left when they were out there. Uh, but they end the shot, they end the period with 22 shots um, and the Kraken have 21. So we're still out shooting them. Uh, and then the third period, I had a boring period, but nothing really happened. Like it, it was just, it was kind of like everyone was playing like cat and mouse in the third period.
1: Yeah, Seattle really hung on to that momentum that they built, you know, kind of realistically, kind of at the end of the first, but then like back and forth in the second, and really at the when they scored those two goals in the second, Seattle just kind of hung on to that momentum. Uh, really took control of that third period, um, and and yeah, like you said, it it was kind of boring. Not a whole lot going on. No penalties. Uh, no real like crazy breakouts. No uh, breakaways or anything like that. Um, the, we, our first note was really at the 13 minute mark, seven minutes into the period, uh, Donato and, uh, Brandon Tanev, they created a great scoring chance, uh, as they were just, you know, I think it was like a two on one, maybe like a partial,
0: a partial two on one,
1: yeah, partial two on one, maybe two on two. Um, but they, they just passed the puck to each other like three or four times. And, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Donato that ended up getting the shot, um, on goal, and it ended up going right into the blocker of Bennington. But, um, yeah, that was the first, like,
0: exciting play of the whole period. Yeah, and then Neighbors, you know, has that. Th- this is a, a moment we were texting about it. This is, like, one of those moments where you're like, this kid's got to stay here. So he takes a takes a puck straight to the net, uh, barrels right into Martin Jones with no no regard at all for anybody's health, even his own and knocks him over and gets into a fight with Will Borgen. Uh, they didn't call it a fight, but they dropped the gloves, that's for sure. And he wanted to go at him, but the refs broke him up. And you got to let the guys go, even though I, I don't want neighbors, you know, pulling a McDavid and breaking his hand by missing a punch, because I'm sure he doesn't fight often. But, I mean, you got to love the heart out of the kid. kid drives to the net, goes hard, he's competing, and is willing to stand up for himself as well.
1: That was his, uh, hey boys, uh, I'm gonna prove myself to this team moment, you know, and, and he was really trying to fight them. They both had their gloves off. Like, the rest, like, were kind of like debating. It like, seemed like themselves that? like, yeah, should, should we stop this or not? Nah, 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 nah. nah. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, neighbors even, like, kind of had the dude's jersey kind of pulled up over his head, like, doing the old, uh, hey, I'm a gnome trick and, I, I, I like so we kinda I kinda asked you this in the um in the text right, I'm like, is that still a penalty um for that for the strap not being done anymore? Like and and neither of us really knew and probably shouldn't have even brought that up, just makes us sound even more dumb than we already are. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's why I was like, you know, I, I could have seen them I was like, maybe they're gonna get the extra minor here and we'll we'll be back even four or four. Um but so they the Kraken did go on the power play um but our first penalty kill of the night uh it looked great man like we didn't allow any shots on that penalty kill and not no real scoring chances at all
0: Yeah and speaking of their their power play it just it kind of dawned on me just to, I wanted to say it earlier but Vince Dunn man he had a tough game he had a really really tough game I think you text me he was dashed 3 after the first period and, I mean, on the power play, he wasn't getting any chances either. Every shot he took was getting blocked. He couldn't get anything through. He just had a rough game. He was getting caught in no man's land a lot on a lot of these plays. And, you know, as a former Blue, you know, we you know we like him, but holy shit did he have himself a rough game. But, yeah, the PK was great, to get back to your point that you brought up 10 minutes ago. Uh, I like Achari on the penalty kill. I kind of told you this, you know, comparing him to Bozak. That's what he, exactly what he is. And yeah. it was weird though. Achari was on the power play at one point in the, uh, I think it was in the second period. Like he was on the power play. And I don't know when the last time he was ever on a power play was, I can't imagine it was anytime in the NHL, but yeah, pretty, pretty boring standard third period. I mean, nothing really happens. And then we go to overtime and, you know, a couple of big saves by Bennington kept us in there. I think we were both watching the game at the same time and, And we were on the discord getting ready to go, you know, as soon as overtime was over and you were like 30 seconds behind me. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, (laughs)
1: I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Don't ruin it for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Bennington makes a huge save sits on a puck. And then uh, right after that, the uh, so Tarasenko, Thomas and Falk are out there together and Thomas to Tarasenko to Falk and top left. You know, high blocker, game over, boys get two points. Yeah, I mean, that's, the mustache
1: does it again. Two goals in the game. Uh, great game by him, great game by the boy. Well, not the greatest game by the boys, but uh, two points is two points. We We got the dub, and that's all that really matters.
0: Yeah, so some quick notes just about this game, and then we'll get into our three stars of the game. Um, you kind of had some notes in here about the power plays giving us momentum early. That's huge. I mean, it, it was the same thing last weekend. Our power play was really good. They were moving the puck around and that does give us a lot of momentum. It gives them some confidence and just gives them some touches.
1: And well, yeah. And, and even if you don't score on the power plays, as long as you're getting those scoring chances, doing the right things, like, yeah, they're not always going to end up in the back of the net, but um, just, just really giving the guys like, hope like okay you know if we keep doing this if we keep doing the right thing eventually goals are going to come and they did you know we got we when we had those power plays early goals came
0: shortly after you know most of them and we were up three to one early so the boys are two and oh but one thing we can take away is uh i mean they did they blow their load too early like did they just come out too quick i mean i know that's never really a thing unless you're Vancouver but i mean are we do we need to be worried about that at all i really don't think so i just wanted to see, hear what you thought about it
1: no i don't think so um i i don't know is it just a thing of like oh this is the second game of the season we're still trying to get our you know feel our bearings out uh you know everybody's got to get used to playing a full 60 minutes and i feel like sometimes that takes a few games to get really used to besides you know instead of just like the scrimmages and and practices and
0: stuff like that. Yeah. thousand percent. All right, let's do the three stars. Uh, third star. Uh, who do you got? I'll let you do, I'll let you do. Them. I think we could probably agree. I think it's, there's, there's a, it's three people, but it's just what order are we going to put them in?
1: Um, so I know my first star. I know, I know a star that I'm going to give either second or third. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do the boys dirty or not. Um, all right, let's go third star Maddie Beneers. Uh Seattle Kraken, Maddie Beneers. I think he had a great game. Uh he really impressed me. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what his stat
0: line was, but he, he, yeah, he had
1: like he was probably the best player on the ice for the Kraken.
0: He had donuts across the board, but he was definitely a presence, that's for sure. Um I I was gonna say third star, I'd give it to Ryan Donato. I mean, he's he's as much as I don't want to give it to him, but had a goal for him, uh, you know. Stood up to Barbashev right after that hit. Stands up for yeah. Shane right? You know that, and it, I think that might have been one of the uh, the turning points for him to you know start coming back. Uh, so I'll I'll go with I'll, I'll get I'll go a little bit objective here, and I'll give it to Donato. You'll give it to Benier. Second star, I'm going with Tarasenko. Had three assists. I mean, he's he's turning into a passer. This 40 goal scorer is turning into a 75 assist guy.
1: Yeah, and and, uh, two primaries on on top of that, you know, uh, both on, I think both on, uh, or no, one of the primaries was on the fault goal and uh, the the second fault goal and the other one was on uh, Shin. That was also my second star. Um, Yeah. So, and I would assume that we're probably going to have the same first star, the mustache, Justin Falk.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, 72, getting it done. And uh, I mean, you can't argue that two goals for a defenseman that's huge for him. Hopefully he can stay up in that category of, you know, elite scoring defenseman like he was last year, apparently that we didn't even know. So, (laughs) I mean, that's crazy. I do want to do a little bonus real quick and then we'll get out of here because I know it's late. Uh, It's 1220 currently and uh, we both have to be at work early in the morning. Um, I wanted to do a little, not a bonus shout out, but a bonus all in or dump and change I am all in on having Darren Pang on every TNT broadcast. On every broadcast, period. Yeah, just put him on every – yeah, it's fly him everywhere. The national treasure that he is, keep him on there. I'm all in. Darren Pang, keep doing your thing. He was amazing tonight. And we got – you know, we get Brendan Burke, who I think is one of the best announcers in the game as well. But Darren Pang, getting that little all in. Or, you know he gets my He gets another shout-out too. I'll give him my shout-out as well. Hey,
1: And you know what? Since we were unprepared for this all, uh, uh, at least I was unprepared for this all or Dump and Change, uh, I'm gonna dump and change something that I already dumped and changed is these fucking live ad boards, dude. They were driving me nuts once again, dude. Like, I don't mind it if it's the, if it's you know, they're changing the ad between plays. During the fucking play, I don't want to see trucks driving across the fucking boards. I don't want to see you know, logos sliding all over the boards. I'm trying to watch a fucking game. Color changes during the boards. You'll see blue behind the players at one point and then all of a sudden it's a bunch of red logos behind them. I'm like, fuck man, like that's so distracting. I, I don't know if it's just me. I haven't really seen anybody else like bitch no, about it. I, I it know you around Yeah. It's and I, I think around. I'm spreading it onto you like because you said you didn't even really notice it. And then when I started talking about it, you're like, oh, fuck, I do kind of notice it now. It it sucks.
0: Yeah, and it's not just me either. It's like on other podcasts and other radio shows, people are like, these live ad boards just stink. Like I they're stink. just bad. And the, like the one tonight was the Seattle Kraken's like the next wave. If I have to see that again. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God.
1: And I get uh, it. It's fine. Like have them. They're they're doing. They're nice. They're clean. They look really nice. Just don't be changing shit during the play. That's that's my biggest gripe. Like don't have moving shit. Don't be changing shit during play. Do it between plays. It's like an ADHD world that we live in, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I got ADHD.
0: People have the attention spans of squirrels now. So you know. I think they always have. I always have it, at least. But all right, man, let's get out of here. Uh, big win the for the boys, and uh, let's go this weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday for another episode. We'll be reviewing the weekend game, and then uh, we should be reviewing the Monday night game as well. So should be fine. Should be good to go. Yes, sir. All right, Joe, lead us out of here. Uh, ready for
1: the the Saturday night game against the Oilers? Uh, two o'clock game, baby. Let's go. All right, peace.